No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to nobull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And a good Monday to you. No Bull, Chris, Crespin, and Simone. The whole gang is back together again. Welcome back, Jordan. How was your uh, your assignment that you were on? I think I have live sound uh, it, from your assignment <laughs> that you were on on Friday. How was Very, that? Well, first off, uh, well done with the the live sound. I know that probably took you <laughs> 20 minutes to, to get that yes. recorded just for that one joke. So I appreciate uh, the time that you put in there. No, I had a, one of my best friends was in town this weekend. So we... Uh, we had a good time, hung by the pool, had some drinks, and uh, no, you were on time, assignment, Jordan. Don't ruin, don't ruin the, the thing. You were on assignment. No, I, I mean, you can't say I'm on assignment and then make it sound like I was playing golf all weekend. <laughs> you didn't <laughs> listen we, to the previous show at that point. If that's the case, we, it's all we did. All we did. the previous show, every time we mentioned where you were. So, uh, how was, was everybody's weekend? Yeah, Everybody yeah, had a good weekend. Right. Yeah, good. yeah. Everybody good. Yeah. Not a terrible, yeah. not a terrible football weekend. Depending on which side you're on, uh, your college football had a couple upsets, a couple of big, uh, uh, big performances as well. So not not terrible at all, Chris. Not terrible at all. Yeah, it, uh, it was a bad weekend for my football team, but uh, I think we're going to get into that a little bit later on in the program. Is it we ever a good weekend that. for your football team? <laughs> no, never a good weekend for my football team. So I'm, mm -mm. Sure, I'm sure we'll get into that. Do but in the meantime, let's tell team? everybody. Uh, no, not anymore. I'm looking for a new a new football team. Let's tell everybody what is in the lead on the program today. All right, Schubert, what do we got? Well, leading off, we got a football game tonight, boys, and it involves the Arizona Cardinals, uh, one of two Monday night football games tonight. They're in the uh, the late night spot. They'll be taking on the Dallas Cowboys. And, uh, guys, a lot of storylines going into this one. The first game for the Dallas Cowboys without Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton came in relief in the previous game, so his first start there in Dallas, the first game for the Arizona Cardinals without Chandler Jones. A lot of storylines on both sides of this one, Sean. Yeah, you know, there really is. Uh, and, again, we've talked about it on the Sunday show yesterday uh, that we do every, every Sunday at 9 a.m., and uh, the pressure really shifting to Vance Joseph here now because the schedule that's ahead of you for the Arizona Cardinals, and it starts tonight with the Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks. But, uh, yeah, tonight I want to see how you, A, attempt to replace the production of Chandler Jones because you don't just replace a Chandler Jones. But, really, the focal point of the defense is in that secondary as well because you're looking at a three-headed monster at wide receiver with the Dallas Cowboys with Amari Cooper, uh, Judy, and then uh, – or CeeDee Lamb, I should say, and then uh, uh, Gallup as well. Gallup. So. You've got a three-headed monster you're dealing with in that secondary. It's not going to be easy for that Vance Joseph-led defense, man. Not at all. Yeah, I got to agree. I mean, this is a, this is a game that's going to be really interesting to watch. Obviously, no Dak Prescott, but Andy Dalton is a is a you know about as good of a backup as you could hope to have in the NFL. I mean, the guy's got years and years of experience. Um, so I think he'll step in. I think it's going to be a really high-scoring game. Take the over, absolutely in this one. <laughs> but I like the Cardinals' favored plus one. I think that. You know, it's, it's going to be a shootout, but I think the Cardinals, Cardinals are, are built for shootouts. Interesting you say that, Jordan Simone, because our own Sean Crespin in cashing with Crespin yesterday has taken the Cowboys yeah, plus the, the one Cowboys. and a half. So the oh, hosts on this show at thank odds God. already. Yeah, and Jordan's all thank about God. it. Because... That means I'll be right. <laughs> you'll be good. You'll be in good shape. Yeah, you yeah, should be right. okay. Who else uh, did you guys, pick? I, I should probably know. Well, I'm already, I'm already Titans, one and one. I'm already one and one. I got the Titans minus three and a half, and yeah. then he took the, uh, the he took the Packers plus one and a half, Jordan. And I don't know if you watched that game. Uh, they needed more than one and a half. Yeah, in that game, we'll in get into that, that more coming that up. That was in, ugly in the rapid rundown. We'll get more into that coming up here in a few, guys. So I don't, I don't, <laughs> Over I don't the weekend, recap that one. Over the weekend, guys, the World Series matchup officially set. We had two Game 7s. It was the Rays taking care of business on Saturday night and the Dodgers taking care of business last night. Rays-Dodgers, 
easily the two best teams in baseball, the Dodgers in the National League, the Rays in the American League. And guys, I looked at the numbers. The Dodgers payroll, $107 million this season. Yep. The Tampa Bay Rays payroll, $28 million. We got wow. big money ball versus small money ball in this one for the World Series. I am so excited to watch this. Yeah, I mean, locally. Hey, I, go ahead, Jordan. I got a chance to uh, to watch that, that that Dodgers game last night. Is there a more fun team to watch in baseball than the Dodgers with all the young talent that they have and the guys that that can? Uh, I mean, it, it's just it's they're fun to watch. They're a fun team to watch with Mookie Betts, Robin home runs left and right, and then you got you yeah. know Bellinger and Arizona product hitting the hitting basically the game winner. Uh, it, it turned out to be, but I, I'm I'm pumped to watch the World Series, man. Yeah, I mean, if you're a if you're a Diamondback fan, there's there's uh, there's a handful of teams you'd rather watch than the Dodgers right now. And I'll tell you this: I think the Braves look, were one of them. Yeah, going into this series, uh, Schubert, exactly what you mentioned about the the payroll. I think if you're a Diamondback fan, you're rooting for team over checkbook, right? Like if you're a Diamondback fan, you have to understand who you are and who you're always going to be, and it's that mid tier, you know, uh, financially you know, set team. You're never going to be the Dodgers. You're never going to pay for the big time free agents and build a roster that way. You're going to have to build it through team, right? So if you see a team like the Rays upset a checkbook like the Dodgers, it gives you a little bit of hope. Plus, you know, everything. Yeah, you live in Arizona. Everything about the Dodgers. Forget about it. Let's go. Let's go. Right? Beat LA. Yeah, let's I mean, go. There's, there's baby. a whole let's hashtag go. for but it. But for real, and yeah. you, 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 you're going to have to build your team similar to how you see the Rays and the in, in teams of that market size build a build a baseball team. And if it can win a World Series, that's just more hope for you. And you've seen it in baseball. What in the last decade or so? I mean, the Astros, who we all you know the hell with them as well. But you know, they're one of those teams. And you know, uh, the Royals are one. Were one of those teams when they wanted when. They Want to want a title? So, if you're a Diamondback fan, team over checkbook. That's what you're looking for when uh, when you're, when you're rooting for this World Series. And then, of course, Dodgers. Forget about it. Let's go. Yeah, Cer certainly uh, the Diamondbacks have a little bit more money to spend than the Rays. The Rays are, I think, the bottom three in all sure, of baseball in terms you, of their payroll. But you get but yes, what I'm the saying. The model is very similar. Yes. The model is very similar, and so that's what you'll be looking for uh, in this one. Game one, I believe, tomorrow night, Tuesday night. Uh, for the World Series between the Dodgers and the Rays. Guys, it was, I think, a, a very happy note yesterday. It was in the middle of a blowout that the Miami Dolphins were having, and in the fourth quarter, the final drive of the game, they said, hey, we got this young prospect, our backup quarterback. Let's get him some reps. Tua Tungavailoa making his NFL debut. One, he didn't get hurt, which was my concern when uh, when he was yeah. playing against the Jets. That was concern number one. But number two, it was nice to see him out there. It was a nice moment at the end of that football game, Jordan, to watch uh, Tua make his NFL debut. It was, you know, and uh, every, obviously that picture that's gone viral of him sitting on the field, still in his full pads at the end of the game, empty stadium. Um, you know what? I think in life, especially right now, it's it's easy to get caught up in the things that are wrong in our country or are wrong, you know, in your daily lives. But that moment can teach everybody a lot. Gratitude is so important to realize where you've come from and where you are and be thankful for the opportunities and the moments that you're living in right now. And I think that was a perfect example of Tua going back out on the field. And, you know, he's a very religious uh, kid too. So going out there and just being extremely thankful for the opportunity to come back from that hip injury that some people said that he might've lost blood flow to his leg. He might, you know, might not ever be able to play again, might not be the same. And he went out there and looked good. I mean, obviously it was a garbage time um, situation, but what a cool moment for him and his family. And I, I think the future is bright in Miami, man. Look, they, they're playing teams tough left and right. They've got some good young talent on that team. Once they get two up and running, um, you know, after Fitz is done here in the next six years, and then they get two going. I mean, Fitz is playing good ball. Fitz is playing good ball, dude. 
Um, so, but I, I think it's something that we can all take a little note from and go, okay, yeah, be thankful for what you have and, and the moments that you've been through in your life. Yeah, he said he went up and he went back out to the field to uh, call his parents on a video chat. Uh, and he tried to sit down right right about the same yard marker where the, his first drive ended. And just, you know, they weren't able to be at the game, obviously. So he wanted to, to call them and, and kind of bring them into the moment, which was which was pretty cool. But, yeah, I mean, two for two. You got him some, some mop-up duty. I just think if there's any if there's ever a defensive coordinator, I'm, I'm going to be a little skeptical about putting a rookie quarterback yeah. in against the garbage time. It's, it's Greg Williams, especially with what we saw a couple weeks ago, right? Uh, but no, a couple awesome, weeks ago, awesome previously moment. in the game. Ryan Tannehill almost got decapitated by the Jets defense earlier in the game. That was a norm. I mean, that was. I mean, it's it's it was it was a it was a flag. It was a penalty. But I mean, I think that happens in the flow of the game. Whereas two weeks ago, game was over, game was wrapped up, and you had them, you know, taking shots at quarterbacks, and it was just very Greg Williams. So, um, but other than that, great a great moment, awesome moment yesterday. The last one for you guys in the league. Clear the schedule. November twenty seventh, the match. Part three, right here in our backyard, Stone Canyon Golf Club in Arizona. It is going to be Charles Barkley and Phil Mickelson teaming up against Steph Curry and Peyton Manning. 3 p.m. Eastern. You can see it on Turner Sports, TNT, modified alternate shot. And I'm just going to read you this quote from Phil Mickelson about his partner. Quote, while we may need a handicap for Chuck, I'm looking forward to playing with Peyton and Steph to help raise money for another important cause. Yeah, though the the, <laughs> the uh, quality of overall play on the broadcast is going Down. to decrease significantly without Tiger insert Chuck, but I think the entertainment value is going to uh, if it's even possible, it's going to be even better. I was glued to the TV. I know I know it was during the initial portion of the pandemic when we were all stuck at home, but man, I sat there for the entire 4 plus hours and yeah. watched that broadcast last time. So I'm all in on this one, man, for sure. I love Barkley. Who doesn't, right? So uh, I'm all in on this. I know if you've ever watched Chuck uh, highlights of him playing golf, he is terrible. Uh, His golf swing looks better, but he, man, he struggles. It's going to be funny to watch Phil hit some shots out of the woods, uh, especially if they're doing, uh, you know, that modified alternate shot. He's going to put Phil in some bad situations, but it'll probably be pretty close. Steph's Steph is a really good good golfer. Yeah. So is, Mm -hmm. so is Manning obviously. So it's going to be fun to watch. And I think from a personality standpoint, you got four personalities. They're going to have fun. They're going to poke fun at each other. That was the thing about Tiger, right? Is uh, is Tiger going to be entertaining? Well, he was in the last one, right? He was extremely entertaining. You know, ribbon uh, Phil Mickelson about needing a gold U.S. Open medal, right? All those little things that he was doing. You know Charles and Steph and Peyton and everybody's going to be poking at each other. It's going to make for a highly entertaining broadcast. So I think they made that official today uh, that that is going to happen at Stone Canyon Golf Club in Arizona, November 27th. Clear your schedules. Coming up next, gentlemen, there are hot seat rankings. Coaches, players, should they be fired? Should they be benched? Could one of them include somebody on your Arizona Cardinals? We'll get into it next right here on No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. Gentlemen, let me tell you about Earnhardt Auto Centers, locally owned and operated since 1951, a proud partner of No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. 19 Arizona locations, 21 dealerships. they got 17 brands, man. It doesn't matter if you're north, south, east, or west. If you're in Chandler like my like uh, Schubert, Gilbert like myself, or Jordan in Arcadia, it doesn't matter where you're at. They got you covered for that new vehicle you got your eye on. And with the current time, social distancing, you're seeing it with this broadcast right now. 
now. I just mentioned the locations we're at, all different areas, staying, you know, trying to stay socially distanced. Check out the Noble Express option at noble.com. Can make the entire buying process an absolute breeze from the comfort of your home. From test driving a vehicle delivered straight to your door. They'll bring it to your door. You can test drive the thing to your finance application, to the delivery of your new ride once you make your purchase. Don't even have to leave your front door to experience the Earnhardt commitment to world world class silvers and low prices that absolutely cannot be beat. The Earnhardt name. It's a name you know you can trust. A 68-year commitment from their family to yours, gentlemen. Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com. That ain't no bull. I mentioned in the tease, Sean and Jordan. There's a hot seat rankings out, courtesy of somebody I'd like to consider a friend of the program because I think he does great work. Bill Barnwell of ESPN, big analytics guy. Friend of the right program. Never been on the program, but friend of the program. But he's a friend, he's a friend of the program to yeah. me, Bill Barnwell. <laughs> Hopefully we can get him on one day to discuss this. But he wrote a story on ESPN. We're going to rapid fire these. Hot seat rankings, coaches and players who could get fired or benched in 2020. And he has them in tiers. So we're going to go through this rapid fire, and I just want quick, yay or nay, you agree with Bill Barnwell on this. So okay. tier number one, seats are aflame. Adam Gase... He's the yes. coach of the New York Agreed. Jets and gone. Greg Williams, the DC in New York. Do we just want to make quick yeses Agreed. and move on there? Yes, gone. Yes. Okay. Uh, next one, uh, the new category, very hot seats. Mike Zimmer, Minnesota Vikings. Mm. Go ahead, Jordan. You want anything about you? You got anything there? Because I know how I feel. Uh, I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I'm don't say no. He. Yeah, don't don't just jump ship. I mean, he he's been a good coach for a long time, and if you get rid of him, somebody else is gonna snatch him up really quick. He's a good coach. I think, you know, you, you've been in some close games this year that you, you know, you wish you would have won. Obviously, losing to the Falcons like they did yesterday was not good, but they've played some teams really tough. They're banged up like, right like now. The Seahawks week. Yeah, before. don't overreact. You're banged up right now. Um, you know, he's been a, he's been a good coach for you, but I'll tell you this: he does eventually have to get that team over the hump because the window shrinking considerably for the Vikings if it's not yeah. already closed for this particular group of players. So uh, I would say no for now. I'm with you guys. I think this is a this is a no for the moment, but I yeah. certainly think if this team continues to play the way that they are playing at the end of the season, Mike Zimmer will be uh, will be looking in the help wanted to to find a new job. Uh, this one's interesting, boys. I didn't expect uh, to see the Arizona Cardinals on this list. Kenyon Drake, our first player on the list, Kenyon Drake, running back for the Arizona Cardinals. So Barnwell uh, saying that this player, Kenyon Drake, a candidate to be benched. Sean Crespin, yeah, you're no. Right. Because who else are you going to put in at running back right now? That's you know what I mean. He's still going to be not to mention you. You, you hit him with the the transition tag, which you paid him top ten money in the National Football League. He can't rewind the clock and undo that. Um, they'll figure it out. They're not necessarily putting a giant emphasis on running the football in a in a in a traditional type way. Uh, they'll figure it out. I know the one issue they have with Kenyon Drake is he likes to very much like the passing game was for a bit with the Cardinals. Do a lot of horizontal east west. It's like man, put that foot in the ground and get north, son. Uh, and when he does it. He, he's still pretty explosive so no they're not who are they going to bench him for you know so it doesn't make much sense for me for him to be on that list of players who are coaches who could be fired or players that could be benched and have his seat be hot like who are they going to bench him for Edmonds no he's not ready to put take on a full uh full load as a running back in the National Football League so no he's, he's not going anywhere he's not getting benched yeah I, I agree I think you know you, you're three and two um it, you're 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 five games in there's not enough tape there for me to say, hey, no, he he doesn't have it. I mean, the, the guy showed you last year that he's got it. He's got to have a couple good games and, and get back. But um, I think Chase Edmonds is a good player. I think he's, they're a great sure. one-two punch to throw at each other because Chase is super athletic out of the backfield. But no, you don't you don't bench Kenyon Drake. Uh, coming up next on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone, it is the rapid rundown. We will go through some of the marquee games or the games that caught our eye with some big storylines. We'll do it next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. 
Gentlemen, a lot of fun football to be had yesterday in the National Football League. We're not going to go through every single game. This is the rapid rundown. Mm -hmm. We went through every single game. We would be here for about 25 minutes. Yeah. So, Sean, you got some music for me for this? Or you no? want some, you want some more rapid I, type, I, type Just give me some give there? me some upbeat music yeah, that I can you know go back and forth with you guys with yeah. some games. Uh -huh. okay. Here we go. Thank you. This go. is what I'm talking about. more rapid kind stuff. Of music Here we go. Let's yeah. go. So, got five games. I'm going to go back and forth, get your thoughts on one game in particular, and we'll go All back right. and forth. Jordan, we'll start with you. The Packers and the Bucks. The Bucks with a 38-10 butt whooping of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I was shocked by this game. I thought uh, Tampa Bay, their defense deserves a lot of credit. Pressuring Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers does not look the same when he gets pressured. Um, he, he threw a couple of bad throws, started off with a pick six, and I think it was just downhill from there. And, you know, this was early. It looked like it was just going to be a defensive game, which was shocking. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I think the reason that Green Bay ultimately lost is because Sean picked them uh, on, his, uh, on his rundown or whatever yep. you want to call it. But cashing, uh, with cashing in with Cressman. Yeah, yeah please. Get it give, right, it, give it the sir. respect it deserves, please. Get it right. Get it right. Sean, the Rams and the 49ers. Speaking of shocking results, I think this one was shocking to a lot of people. It's shocking to people who overreact week by week, you know. And again, I, I told you when the 49ers get healthy, they're they're not as bad as what they showed against Miami. Uh, you got healthy in the secondary. It looked like it helped out quite a bit. And again, we overreact week by week. The Rams have yet to beat anybody who doesn't play football in the NFC East. They have not won a football game this year against an opponent who doesn't play in the NFC East. Until they do, I can't buy them. We did that last week, buying or selling the fringe teams in the National Football League. And I told you, I'm not buying the Rams. Beat somebody outside of the NFC East, and I'll take you serious. You've lost to Buffalo. You've lost to the 49ers now. So I think you know, where this game should have lied was somewhere in the middle of what people were talking about all week. The Rams weren't as good as people were making them out to be, and the 49ers aren't as bad as they showed against Miami. They were gonna, This game was going to fall somewhere in the middle, and it fell 24-16 49ers. So I wasn't shocked by this game yesterday, and I think the 49ers are still not an easy out despite the way people were, were reacting to Jimmy G and, and company uh, after that Dolphins game. Jordan, one of the uh, cash in with Crestman picks that actually went Sean's way was the Titans beating the Texans. It didn't go maybe the way we all envisioned, but the Titans pick up a victory against the Houston Texans. Look, that's probably the reason why the Texans came back and took the lead after going down by a lot because Sean picked them. Uh, but then the Titans said, no way, we're a good football team. We're not going to let this guy's pick ruin our season. Uh, I, I'm, I've been really impressed with the Titans. I love Mike Vrabel. I think the Titans are built uh, to, to win a championship. They're they're just they have that grit about them defensively. Um, you know they're that bend but don't break. And then Tannehill looked really good yesterday. He threw three touchdowns in the first half, and then obviously you got to talk about Derrick Henry and his performance, the king. I mean, I was watching that game, and I, I took the Titans as well. So I was I was freaking screaming when this dude's running for 94 yard touchdowns. Really exciting football team to watch. Uh, and look, they're going to run the football and play action you to death, and it, it works. Sean, a game that I'm so excited that I get to ask you about, the Ravens and the Eagles. It was a little bit of a scare there in the fourth quarter for the Baltimore Ravens, but they hold on and win. And let me just do the math real quick. Yep, the over hit in that game. And if you listen to the Sunday show, Sean and I were on opposite sides of that one. I thought this game was going to go over. Sean said, no way it goes under. Not yeah, a this, chance, Sean. This Baltimore, this Baltimore defense, <laughs> in my opinion, isn't exactly as cracked up as you know as we thought it was all you know going into the year. They've got their issues from time to time. You saw that in the second half. like That, that football game, I mean, the Eagles had an opportunity. Opportunity, guys, for a two-point conversion to tie the game late. 
How is that even possible? You just talked about, Jordan, how bad Carson Wentz has been playing. If you want to be taken serious as one of the better defensive units in the league and be talked about with the Chicago's of the world and so forth, the, the Steelers of the world, you can't let Carson Wentz and company get within a two-point conversion late when you had the type of lead that you did. So I was surprised yeah. that Philadelphia was able to come back, but Baltimore, to their credit, hung on. Anytime you win a football game in the National Football League, it's a good day. Uh, so they found a way to get it done. But you start to have some questions about the defensive side of Coach Harbaugh's unit there. And the last one here for you, Jordan. I think I know where your take is going to be on this one, but the Colts come back and they beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Can I see that throw again? Can I see the Philip I don't Rivers? think we should do that. Can I see the Philip the- <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, I, as much crap like as th- I give That was Phillip like a three-quarter actually- release. That was like very weird. I'm actually – have you ever watched him throw a football? That's I know. What it looks like it does look it's, like it's that. It's bad. Yeah. But I do like Philip Rivers. I think uh, he, he's one of the most fun players in the NFL because of all the shit that he talks during games. He, he'll get after people. But he doesn't say uh, what you look, just said. He keeps it yeah, completely he doesn't clean. Use that he kind doesn't of language, curse Jordan. at all, ever. He's never well, cursed. Well, he's got, he's got 13 kids, so he can't. He's got a I don't, good nine. They showed a graphic comparing him yeah. to Joe Burrow. And that was yesterday. Was it might be up to that he knows of. Rivers has nine. But that was yesterday. Look, it might be up to look, 13 now. Look. This guy can't pull out of a freaking driveway, okay? He's got four or five other kids he doesn't know about. Um, the Colts are 4-2, and two, surprisingly. So they're 3-0 and oh at home. I mean, th- this isn't a bad football team. They, they, they're winning. It just doesn't look pretty. Moving on. <laughs> I don't think we could say any of what you just said. I don't yeah, think we can. Any of it's that a podcast. Can, I don't think any of that can make the final. It's fine. Final it was clean. Show, but... You could say that on terrestrial radio. He didn't say anything wrong. You're good, Jordan. You're good. Based and, on both of our reactions of leaning away from the mic, I think uh, that said everything. No, it's that good. It to say. Hey, it's this, right. this isn't a soft-ass podcast, okay? These people come here to listen <laughs> because they want the cold, hard truth, and that's what I'm giving them. Yeah, what is the name of the show, Jordan? No Bowl, baby. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Well, I, I coming up next on, on No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone, Sean's got a take about the MVP conversation in the National Football League and why hashtag tank for Trevor is on. All of that next as we wrap up this edition of No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone. Simone, go ahead and tell us a little bit about Earnhardt Auto Center. a proud partner of No Bowl with Chris <laughs> Crespin and Simone. You know I will. Earnhardt Auto Center is locally owned and operated since 1951. 19 Arizona locations, 21 dealerships, and 17 brands. Doesn't matter if you're north, south, east, or west, wherever you are in the valley, Earnhardt has got you covered for that vehicle that you probably have your eye on. And with the current times of social distancing, the Noble Express option on noble.com makes the entire buying process an absolute breeze from the comfort of your home. From test driving a vehicle delivered to your door to your finance application to the delivery of your new ride, uh, you don't even have to leave your front door to experience the Earnhardt commitment to world-class services, low prices that can't be beat. The Earnhardt name, you know you can trust a 68-year commitment to their family to Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com. That ain't Noble. Now, I, I again... Mm-hmm. The video listeners of the podcast, they'll get something good out of that. The audio listeners won't get to. I'm throwing to break, and Sean and Jordan are looking at each other like, am I Am I doing the read this time? Is it you? Jordan you pointed it. at himself like, oh, it's yep. me. It's me. It's me this time. He knew so where was, we were going. It was enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, Sean, you got a take you're going to bring to the table. Normally, I'm the one with the hot takes, and, Which and I one? get grilled for them. I, I got two of them here. I got two of them. I'm going to go with one. one you f- Whichever one you feel most strongly about, that's the one I want you to lead I'm going to go to the one that I think, I hope, I hope, Voters for the NFL MVP will start to think a little bit outside the box, gentlemen. Because yesterday, and we talked about the game a few minutes ago, 
the Titans and the Texans. And Jordan, you talked about how the Texans made the comeback, actually took the lead until Henry broke off a 90-plus yard touchdown run. This man is absolutely balling. And I and every time we have, and I'm as guilty as anybody else, right? Anytime we have a conversation about the NFL MVP, it automatically, the first few names that pop up are going to play for what position? It's going to be the quarterback. It's always the quarterback, right? Oh, the quarterback's most, it's always a quarterback. Matter of fact, the last 13 MVPs, 11 of them have been quarterbacks. Jordan, do you know who the other two are? Running Take backs. a guess. Yeah, take a guess, though. Who are they? Adrian Peterson. That's one. And the other running back, Todd Gurley? No, LaDainian Tomlinson, as a matter Good of guess, fact. Though. LaDainian Tomlinson. Oh, that was 10 years ago? Yeah, LaDain- I said the last 13 years. Out of the last 13 oh. years, 11 of them have been quarterbacks, uh, and two of them have been running backs. You had AP in 2012, as you mentioned. You had the second most rushing yards in history behind only Eric Dickerson. Most of you guys know that stat. And LaDainian Tomlinson in 2006, 1,800-plus yards, 31 touchdowns. Like, in order for the MVP to not be a quarterback, do we have to set NFL records? I don't necessarily think we do. If you watch the Tennessee Titans team, Yes, Ryan Tannehill is playing great football. Most of that, though, predicated off of the running game. It's a play-action style offense that wants to really hit you hard up front with Henry and then hit you over the top from time to time. They'll take five to six shots a game uh, based off of the running game. You remove Derrick Henry from that offense, that is a completely different football team. He's on pace for 1,800 yards, which would be top 10 all-time. He's on pace for 19 touchdowns on the ground, which would be 11th all-time. And he's the first player in history with a 200-yard game in three consecutive seasons. Yet nobody wants to talk about Derrick Henry as an MVP candidate. I think, gentlemen, that's blasphemy. The voters need to start to expand your horizons. It doesn't have to be a quarterback every single year. MVP is the most valuable player, and right now I can make an argument Though Russell Wilson is probably in the front, Jordan, I agree with you that Derrick Henry needs to be in the conversation, and he's not. And that's a Travis, that's a Travis Sham mockery, in my opinion. I think the reason why, Sean, that you, you, you see that is because a, a football team's only as good as its quarterback. Look at all the bad teams in football right now. What are they talking about? Oh, we need a new quarterback. Oh, you know, this guy ain't Nick Foles. Uh, is Nick Foles the guy? The Bears are, have one loss. I mean, they're not a bad football team right now. Their defense, obviously, is what leads them. But uh, I think a team is only as good as their quarterback. And so that's why you see the good teams that are winning. They have unbelievably good quarterback play. They put up ridiculous numbers. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing that Derrick Henry shouldn't be in the conversation. But that's the reason that you always see a quarterback be the MVP. Because they're the reason that a team is either successful. And, and if you're not, you talk about Ryan Tannehill. He threw for 364 yards and four TDs. He was 30 mm-hmm. of 41. I mean, he went yep. off yesterday too, but you don't hear about him because Derrick Henry had the game that he did. So, yes, he should be in the conversation, but that's why running backs don't win because a football team's only as good as their quarterback. And another interesting note when I was doing some research this morning about MVPs and the NFL guys is there's basically a win threshold that your team has to get to. It's almost like a like a team award as much as an, as a, as an individual award. And Obviously, if you've got a guy playing at an MVP level, you're going to win a lot of football games, but on average, over the course of those 13 years I went back to find two players at mm-hmm. least that weren't quarterbacks on average over those 13 years the teams that the players that won MVP were on a team that won 13 or more games so not only do you have to have a season but you got to have a team that's winning as well you got to win oh, yeah. a shot yeah and I'll add this because it just kind of popped into my head when you mentioned it it's that's kind of cause and effect right because I just you said, have quarterbacks yeah. well, when you have quarterbacks winning the award they inherently have more impact on a team's ability to win or lose. So, of course, if quarterbacks are winning in the award, those win numbers are going to look the way that they do, right? 
I mean, I, I think there there is some sort of correlation with those two. I will say this. Derrick Henry should be in the conversation the same way that they always invite three people to New York for the Heisman. Right? The third person there, he's not in really going to get any votes, but he's there. They brought him in because, you know, we want to include three Recognize people. So Derrick Henry should be yeah. included. It takes Hercu because Herculean efforts for anybody outside yeah. of a quarterback to win the MVP. And, and and I just I watched him yesterday. I'm like, that guy, he changed the football game. You can talk all about the, 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 the passing numbers of Ryan Tannehill yesterday. Derrick Henry's 90-yard touchdown changed that football game. Derrick Henry's touchdown in overtime won that football game yesterday. So we can tell. I mean, obviously, it took both in order to make it happen. But I, I just think he's, you know, he gets over. You know, other positions don't even get looked at in the National Football League. Speaking of quarterbacks, though, Chris Schubert. Speaking of quarterbacks, your second take. My second, second take. take. Well, it's not, okay. not. This is not necessarily a take. It's more of an opinion about what we're going to see at the end of the year. And, and Trevor, Trevor Lawrence gentlemen on Saturday was sensational right I five mean touchdowns five touchdowns in the first half the kid is just absolutely balling he was already going to be the number one overall pick and he's just backing it up this year Clemson's that team and he's that dude like it doesn't matter who shows up Miami a couple weeks ago that's a good football team didn't look like it against Clemson nope. right so he's just that dude right now you've got you've got 10 teams in the National Football League that are one win or fewer Right, we'll throw the Eagles in there. They got the tie, but technically they got one win. Right, one win or fewer on the season. You got ten teams, but I want to look at this and say the the the, the uh, tank for Trevor, which is the new hashtag going around. Really, there's only mm -hmm. three teams that I could see actually pulling the trigger on Trevor Lawrence, despite the fact that he's a generational type talent, and despite the fact that there's ten teams with only one loss. And tell me if you agree with this or not. Jacksonville obviously is the first one that comes to mind. Okay. Washington, Washington, because Ron Rivera already told you that Haskins is not his guy. He's moving on. He's out. Yep. And the New York Jets, who I think odds on favorite, are zero and sixteen. I mean, they're 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 trending towards zero and sixteen because the one team on their schedule that most people would give them a chance against just shut them out yesterday in in Miami, and they got them one more time this year. So those are the three teams. Ten teams right now are technically mathematically in the running for Trevor Lawrence. I think it really comes down to three teams, and I don't even I'd think like that. Go ahead, Schubert. I'd like to add two teams to the list. Who do you have? I'd like to add the New York Giants to the list because I think Joe Judge, Daniel Jones, not his guy. If they do end up with the number one pick, I think they strongly would consider taking Trevor Lawrence. The other team I'd like to submit as a potential option, the Atlanta Falcons. If the Atlanta Falcons do a – they're going to get a brand-new head coach. Sure. They're going to get a brand-new general manager. And if these rumors about all Matt Ryan to San Francisco are as true as we think they are, <laughs> They're not. and they land the number one pick, Matt Ryan's going to go to San Francisco, Trevor Lawrence is going to go to Atlanta, Georgia. So I would like to submit those two as potential options. I would even say the Minnesota Vikings could find a trade partner for Kirk Cousins. They could be in this list as well. I would like to expand this list more than just three teams. I'm going to say the Jets, for the future of the Jets, they should long-term... Sign Joe Flacco to a 10-year deal worth worth uh, $180 million and wow. sign Frank Gore to a 10-year deal for $180 million and just let those two be the future, man. Let them, let them just, you know, uh, go join a men's rec league and let them, you <laughs> know, they get a couple wins in that, that league because in the NFL right now, they are not a good football team. And it's going to take a lot more than a Trevor Lawrence Thank to you. come in there and change that uh, franchise. So uh, if you got the first pick, 
I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how you can pass on on a guy like Trevor Lawrence because, as I just said, you're only as good as your quarterback. Because you got to start somewhere. But good lord, they, they t- well, need some work. I'll tell you how. This is how you you pass on Trevor Lawrence if you're the New York Jets. You just acquired multiple assets from Seattle when you traded away Jamal Adams, right? So you've got. Oh, first, you traded another good player away. So you've got, mm-hmm. I know. You traded your nose tackle away, but you. But anyway, you you acquired first round picks and assets for Jamal Adams. So you're already sitting pretty when it comes to the NFL draft. You then could trade this year's number one for Lawrence for another boatload of, of, of assets, keep Sam Darnold, who I think is a quarterback that can play in the league, and actually yeah. put something around him. Because you're not wrong, Jordan. You bring in you bring in Trevor Lawrence and put him into the current state of the New York Jets. Forget about his career. Forget about it. Remember the conversations we were talking about Joe Burrow and, and the Cincinnati Bengals? And that's a team that's got that's got uh, you know Green and 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 other playmakers on that on that T. roster. Higgins, yeah. So you got playmakers on that. The Jets have nothing. So we were talking about man, Joe Burrow should really consider trying to find a way to not go to the Bengals. What do you think we're going to be saying about Trevor Lawrence when it comes to the Jets? You have a player in Sam Darnold that I think can play in the NFL. He has nothing around him from the top down from a from 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 GM to coach and and furthermore, and that's what makes the situation a little bit tricky because. Do you trust the Jets GM to make the right move, even if you do acquire all of these different assets? I just look at it as you'd be spinning your tires if you're the New York Jets drafting a quarterback this year with all the other assets that you have around you, uh, hoping he becomes somebody in a terrible situation, uh, opposed to really rebooting everything and giving Sam Darnold a true opportunity. I, I think the guy can play. Find a way to put pieces around him. Uh, and if I mean, if you can acquire two more first-round picks for this year's first-round pick, why wouldn't you do it? Hey, real quick, Schubert, you're a you're a diehard mm-hmm. Jets fan. I want to hear yes, what is your ideal scenario for your Jets. The ideal scenario is they get the number two pick in the draft, <laughs> and why so that they like? don't have to make so they don't have to make a decision to get it wrong. Right? They're they're forced to keep Sam Darnold. They can't get Trevor Lawrence, and they just have to take the best player available. If they have the number one pick, they then have to choose between Trevor Lawrence and Sam Darnold. And my gut, based on everything Sean just said. They are going to choose wrong. Whatever they choose will be wrong. So I would prefer oh, them to get the number two pick because then they don't they don't screw it up. If they get the number one pick, there's going to be nobody that's going to be screaming louder for them to take Trevor Lawrence and move on from Sam Darnold than me. And I love Sam. I think Sam got a bad got dealt a bad hand here in New York. But at some point, you're three years in. You got to move on. You, you you either get production or you don't. And Sam's not giving you that production, so you just got to move. Yeah. On. Start from scratch. Yeah, just start from everything. scratch. That's what Joe Douglas is going to try to do. So that would be that would You be know what idea. I think would be smart is for the Bears to go after Sam Darnold in that situation. Because I think Sam sure. Darnold can play. I think he'd be a good fit in Chicago. Whoever wants to give up a second round draft pick for Sam Darnold, call up Joe Douglas. <laughs> I, 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 I would struggle. Again, even, even as great as Trevor Lawrence looks right now, there's no there's never a guarantee. And I know the number of quarterbacks drafted in the first round who actually do become something in the NFL. Guys are more ready now, right? So that number's coming up. You know, it's it's the 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 hit rate in the first round when you draft a quarterback has has gone up significantly of what it was years ago. I would just still struggle unless and it got you know the Jets organization sees Sam Darnold a hell of a lot more than we do just on Sundays. So they're going to know a little bit more about where he actually is in terms of being an NFL quarterback. Uh, but I, I would struggle to get rid of Sam Darnold uh, when I have the opportunity to when the when the alternative is keep Sam Darnold and garner maybe two or three more for you know high draft picks uh, or trade Sam Darnold for what are you going to get second third round pick for him 
and then use an asset I already have on, on Trevor Lawrence. I, I, I think I give Sam Darnold one more go. I, I, I just do. Yeah, that, I, as I don't crazy want as that sounds. Get, to, to, get, to get caught in the, the sunk cost fallacy of, oh, we, we have this guy, we can't move on from him, right? I, I right. don't want them to get caught in that logic. The Cardinals certainly didn't, right? They Josh Rosen, one year, okay, this isn't working. We got the number one pick, Kyler Murray. The Jets should do something similar if they're in that spot. That's at least what I would I'll like them to do. I'll buy that. Uh, before we wrap up, gentlemen, I have uh, one thing I want to note. We didn't get to mention it in the leader through the course of the show. Uh, earlier today, uh, the legendary broadcaster Doc Emmerich in the National Hockey League announced his retirement. Uh, stick taps, as you would do in hockey, to uh, one of the legends in this business, somebody who has grown my love for the game. Uh, he's hanging it up. He will no longer be calling games. 22 Stanley Cup finals. I think it's over 3,000 games, 10 Olympics, something like that. The stats are crazy on some of the things that he has called. So uh, a tip of the cap to uh, Doc Emmerich and the wonderful Respect. career that he has had. Absolutely. Yeah, one of the best. Enjoy so I retirement. wanted to make sure we got that in. Uh, on the show uh you can follow the show at, at noble underscore podcast on twitter uh jordan what would you like all the folks to do uh, subscribe the to the show that's right you can do so uh on uh, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, pocket cast spotify anchor all a bunch of different subscribe. places those are just a couple of them follow me follow actually radio you can you can follow Crespin at screspin02. Uh, if you followed him in Catching with Crespin, that's where you're going to want to direct all the hate. And you can follow Jordan Simone at jordansimone38. Everybody, have a great Monday. Enjoy the doubleheader Monday Night Football Wait. games. We'll be back on Wednesday. Go ahead, Jordan. Real quick, who are you guys picking for Monday night? Cardinals? Well, we know who Sean's picking. Uh, I took the Cowboys plus Chiefs, one and a half. So. Chiefs and Cowboys. That's who's winning today. Chiefs and Cowboys. Oh, jeez. The Chiefs are screwed now. Cowboys. Chiefs and Cowboys. I taking the Chiefs and the Cardinals tonight. All right. I'll take Chiefs Cardinals too. All right. On that note. On that note, everybody enjoy the football. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.